the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. Tonight we're going to continue in 2 Timothy, verses 12 through 18. Remembering that Paul is writing Timothy this letter to encourage and strengthen him in his faith. And you'll remember that Timothy was living under the threat of the Roman persecution, particularly because he was a known associate of Paul. And he was also enduring the hostility of those in the Ephesian church who resented Timothy's leadership and the unrelenting assault of false teachers who were looking to deceive the people and undermine Timothy's authority. So Paul's letters seem to indicate to us that Timothy was to some degree giving way to despair and doubt. And we don't know to what degree, but it was enough for the Spirit of God to prompt Paul to write these letters. And it's interesting to note that we don't see a narrative between the Spirit of God and Paul arguing the obstacles that Paul faced in getting pen and paper or even having enough light. And you may remember that Paul had problems with his eyesight. We also don't know how he was able to focus or organize his thoughts down in the middle of that filthy dungeon. But obviously... God had to send somebody to Paul with supplies and a willingness to put themselves at risk. And what we see in this supernatural intervention of impossible circumstances is God's desire to bring his word and his encouragement to Timothy and to us who read. It's a powerful picture in my mind. A powerful picture of a God who is sovereign and who is love, reaching beyond the limitations of our temporal reality to express his heart for Timothy and for us. So we see Paul in this dark, filthy prison, down in the bottom, chained to a rock. You see him there, beaten, filthy, laying there, waiting for execution, And the Spirit of God comes to him and says, I will have you write a letter to Timothy whose faith is wavering. And rather than saying, okay, well, I'd like to see how you get that done. He says, yes, Lord, for my heart is full. I am overflowing with the grace and the abundance of confidence that I know you in this place. 
Worship fills my soul. Trust does not evade me. The Christian life is not that occasional call for the exercise of faith. The Christian life is a life that is lived by faith. That should move us out of living to the flesh, its strengths and weaknesses, into an ever-expanding faith that allows us to live the overcoming life of Christ. That's what you've been called to. Expanding faith. Growing and expanding intimacy with your God. Romans chapter 1 verse 17 says... For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed both springing from faith and heading to faith, disclosed in a way that awakens more faith. As it is written and forever remains written, the just and upright shall live by faith. Do you see the path that Paul walked? Do you see the ever-increasing confidence of his faith? At the very end of his days, he stands unwavering, fiercely confident. His faith is not shaken. With every beating, with every betrayal, with every imprisonment, his faith is refined, tempered like the heating and reheating of steel. It is the life he lived that gave birth to this letter. Here's the truth of it, guys. The Lord is working about you, through you, in you. His activity never ceases. His desire for you is never slackened. He never walks away from you. He never throws up his hands. He never takes his fellowship from you. He is constantly before you, reminding you of the truth of his love and his salvation. That ever-present salvation that he has for you from the circumstances that would draw your heart into despair. That would leave you hopeless. Clinging to the wastelands of this world. He is always there. What he wants for you to know and what he wants for you to embrace is the witness that has been given in your life. You see, those that are determined to live according to the truth, they walk into every situation looking for God. But we live in a society of Christians who walk into every situation looking for how their flesh will survive. How to prosper their weaknesses. How to go forward without faith. Paul, faith was tempered like steel because every situation he walked into, he didn't walk into thinking God had somehow deserted him or that his faith had somehow wavered and there he was. That, that he was in a, a situation where he was the victim of fate. No, he didn't think that way. He did not allow himself to think that way. It didn't work for him to think that way. And it doesn't for us either. We need to walk into every situation recognizing that we're there by God's allowance. And by his determination to bring us into a greater faith. Into a stronger faith. Into the expansion of all that he created us for. That we might grow from faith to faith to greater faith. It is the life that he lived by faith that gave birth to this letter. So turn with me to Second Timothy chapter 2 and stand with me as we're going to read chapter 1 verses 12 through 18. 
Paul writes, this is why I suffer as I do. Still, I'm not ashamed, for I know and I am personally acquainted with him whom I have believed, with absolute trust and confidence in him and in the truth of his deity. And I am persuaded beyond any doubt that he is able to guard that which I have entrusted to him until that day when I stand before him. Keep And follow the pattern of sound teaching, doctrine, which you have heard from me in the faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. Guard with the great, with greatest care and keep unchanged the treasure, that precious treasure, which has been entrusted to you. That is the good news about salvation through the personal faith in Christ Jesus. Through the help of the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. Verse 15. You are aware of the fact that all who are in the province of Asia turned away and deserted me. Phygeus and Hermogene are among them. The Lord grant mercy to the family of Onesiphorus because he often refreshed me and showed me kindness, comforting and reviving me like fresh air. He was not ashamed of my chains for Christ's sake. But instead, when he reached Rome, he eagerly searched for me and found me. The Lord grant to him that he may find mercy from the Lord on that great day. You know very well how many things he did for me and what a help he was at Ephesus. You know better than I can tell you. God bless his word. You may be seated. Now, we looked at verse 12 last week, and it's a powerful testimony of Paul's faith, particularly in light of his current circumstances, but even more so in the context of his life as an apostle, because it's carrying it forward to the end. No saint of God ever endured as much as Paul has because of his faith. And he even makes a point of telling you that it is his faith. His faith is the reason for his suffering. Now this is, he says, this is why I suffer as I do. Still, I'm not ashamed. For I know him and I am personally acquainted with him whom I have believed with absolute trust and confidence in him and in the truth of his deity. And I am persuaded beyond any doubt that he is able to guard that which I have entrusted to him until the day when I stand before him. And as mentioned before, this is the Spirit of God through the pen and testimony of Paul reaching out to Timothy and all those who would read his words to be strong. In other words, resolve to believe. Hold firm to the truth. Not just the truth you know about. Knowing about truth doesn't help anyone. But the truth that you know through the Spirit of God. And here's the thing. I know, I know people who've gone through seminary and they know a great deal about the truth. But they don't know or have a deep acquaintance with everything that they've heard at seminary. There's a lot of just trusting in knowledge rather than reckoning upon the Spirit of God to interpret truth to their hearts. Knowledge doesn't do it for us because we haven't been called into an education. We've been called into a relationship. 
And in a relationship, it takes all that we know about the other and turns and translates it into an intimate living together. An intimate knowledge of one another. It's not enough for me to know what you said. It is more important for me to know your heart behind it. To understand how it relates to us in our relationship. So, you remember that Paul wrote to Timothy in verse 6, something along these lines. And he said, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, he said, That is why I remind you to fan into flame the gracious gift of God, that inner fire, the special endowment which is in you through the laying on of my hands with those of the elders at your ordination. Now, I asked this question before, and this is what Paul's trying to excite in him. And you see this. This is a picture. Fears and anxiety about everything that's going on has taken Timothy's focus to some degree away from the truth. And you know what you can do, because I've done it, is that when all of those things start coming at you, you begin looking at the letter rather than the person. You want to pick up a Bible or a devotional and have it speak directly to what you're feeling. You want something that's going to give you some encouragement in your flesh. And so you're just kind of hanging on, you know, waiting for the next wave to crash. Rather than recognizing the presence and person of Christ. And when you do that, you begin to lose hope. You can even be distracted by the very word of God in your study. Distracted by the letter rather than dwelling on the person of Christ. Because what happens with us is that we want chapter and verse, the, the word that's going to show us where he's going to deliver us in our current circumstance. The word that's going to show us where he's going to heal us in our current circumstance. Rather than the truth that is going to affirm that we're not standing in the frailty of flesh. We're standing in a close, intimate relationship with him that is holding us in place. And that, my friends, is what keeps us walking in truth. That is what holds us. So he's saying to Timothy, look, I want you to go back. I want you to fan the flames, the passion the interest, the desire, the determination that you had when we laid hands on you. At that point, you knew it. You felt it. You were all in. But now you're distracted. So the question would be, how would Timothy fan the flame of the spirit within him? How could he rekindle the passion and determination of his calling? Well, by faith and obedience. By bringing the ministry of Christ forward through his soul. Determining to give evidence of that faith in his obedience to his calling. We know this. Faith is not realized through emotions. Faith is not realized through circumstance. Faith is not realized through knowledge. Faith is realized by an absolute dependency and trust upon him. In that faith. I don't have to have the other things. I don't have to have the special word. I don't have to have the circumstances. I don't have to feel the thing I want to feel. I can stand with despair 
taunting my soul with hopelessness working its way into my mind, I can step up and I can say, peace be still, God is my anchor, my foundation, my hope, my strong place. I don't know how God's going to do this. I don't know how he's going to deliver me, if he's going to deliver my physical being. I don't know if he's going to provide in this situation. But I do know this. I know whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded he is able to keep that which I've committed. You are empowered, child of God. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. To be the ministry of Christ. You are completely uninhibited, unobstructed, unlimited in your calling to be the church. Let this be your confidence. Let this be your boldness. Do not be ashamed because you have been created in holiness by the new birth. A consecration that literally must live itself out through your mortal frame. Or you will find yourself cleaving to the weakness and vulnerability of your own flesh. If we are not living out the truth of who we are, if we're not living out the truth of our consecrated being, that unchangeable truth and likeness to our Savior, if we're not living out the holy anointing that He has placed upon the child of God, if we're not walking in the confidence of the power of His Spirit flowing through us, then we are cleaving to the frailty, weaknesses, and strengths of a flesh that is dying. Is that what we want to live from? That's not life. It's perpetual death. Do not be ashamed. Paul writes, I know. I know experientially. I know intimately. Concluded based on the overwhelming evidence. Continually living in my intimate knowledge of him. This belief is not circumstantial. It is not something I'm reminded of occasionally. No, it is my life's breath. I know. I am living in the confidence of his love. And I would add that I am persuaded past the point of doubt or dissuasion that he is able to guard my life. Able, that's... Dunatos, which really means powerful, strong, strong to hold, strong to guard. And Paul's confidence is not movable because it is fixed, absolutely fixed on the surety of God's grasp. It is not in the flesh. It is not in the change of circumstances. It is not in the happy one day. It is not in heaven one day. It is not in the salvation of his physical life. It is in the presence of the shepherd who holds him. Who is his life. He trusts in the good shepherd. And Jesus says to us in John chapter 10 verses 27 and 28. The sheep are my own. Those that are my own hear my voice, and they listen to me. I know them, and they know me. And I give them eternal life, and they will never, ever, by any means, perish. And no one will ever snatch them out of my hand. Can you see Paul holding on to that? Say what you will, Nero. Inflict upon this flesh whatever you choose. 
But you will not take my life and you will not diminish who I am. For I stand in the truth of God's creation. I stand in the truth of being held in the firm grasp of Almighty God. That is who I am. And Paul calls Timothy in this. He calls to Timothy. He calls him to the mooring for his soul. A practice that is vital to the ministry of Christ to and through the child of God. They were living in an era not unlike our own that was eager to cast aside all discipline for self-indulgence. And this kind of living will leave the child of God vulnerable to the manipulations of the wicked and the subtle subtle twisting of truth and to the licentious neglect of truth. Verse 13, he says to Timothy, keep and follow the pattern of sound teaching, doctrine, which you have heard from me in the faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. Keep, hold, maintain a tight grip to have or to own. This is not a passive word. Keep a grip, present tense, hold on constantly. Keep a grip on the truth, not just your understanding. But it is to be the context of your living. Now think about this. Most of you know that you are a new creation, right? And that you are in union with the Spirit of God, right? So there is a truth within you that's never going to diminish. You hold it by virtue of your being. So when Paul tells you to keep the truth, guard the truth, what is he talking about? Is he talking about your spirit or your mind, will, and emotions? Absolutely your soul. Because we know from personal experience that we cannot keep in the soul that which we do not guard and hold on to. We can't keep it. But there's a passive attitude that says, well, I ran it. And Jesus is with me, so I'm going to walk around, let my soul be victim to whatever the enemy throws at it. We're going to allow the enemy to manipulate our mind, will, and emotion through television, through internet, through relationships, through all kinds of things, through the appetites of our flesh, through the world. We're going to allow that to go on because after all, we're Christians and that that won't change. You see, we're losing life. How are we losing life? Because the soul is the place where we experience life. The soul is the place where we experience the fullness of what we have in Christ. It's a fact in the spirit. It's experienced in the mind, will, and emotions. And when we neglect the truth... When we disregard the truth, then we are not experiencing the very life that God blessed us with. We're casting it aside for the experience of the flesh. This is what God, what Paul wrote. This is what God intended for you to understand about the difference between walking according to the flesh and walking after the spirit. There's no middle ground. He tells Timothy, you are distracted with the threats of this world. You are distracted with the, with the, the false 
teachers. You are distracted with the disrespect of those people in your congregation. You are distracted by this sense of being overwhelmed. Let me tell you, invite the truth back into your soul. Rekindle the flame that was once in you. Allow the Spirit of God to flood you with truth and hold to it. That's what he's telling him. Keep the faith. The writer of Hebrews puts it this way. Hebrews 2 verse 1. For this reason, this is because of the God's final revelation of it in his son. And because of Jesus' superiority to the angels. We must pay much closer attention than ever to the things that we have heard. So that we do not... In that, in any way, drift away from the truth. Now you hear me refer to these things as the moorings of truth. And this is why. A soul left unguarded will drift away from the truth. Now what does that really mean for the child of God? In terms of our spiritual anatomy, it's simply this. The soul is, a, is, a, is an instrument. It's constantly receiving It is designed to receive from the center of truth, where you are in union with the Spirit of God. It is from there you are to be filled with that truth so that you can, which is your blessing, which is His gift to you, walk in the truth and know Him. But all you have to do is move from the truth, your focus, and put it upon the world upon the appetites of the flesh, upon the fears that may come against you, upon the circumstances that are surrounding you. All you have to do is turn away from that place and you have just invited all manner of unbelief into the center of your being. Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road and Blanco Woods just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.